I'm Jason Chaffetz. I'm Katie Pavlich. I'm Steve Ducey. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, September 14th, 2021. I'm Simon Owen. Tonight, how the pandemic is prompting one city to rethink the way we travel. Venice was completely deserted. But as people I spoke to there say that, you know, in Venice's long history, there have been other plagues, there have been other fires, there have been other moments of total devastation, and the city always manages to come back. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. In the year before the coronavirus pandemic took hold, Venice hosted some 25 million visitors. The Italian city had become a global tourism honeypot, an unbridled success as people were drawn to its picture-perfect canals and architecture. So when COVID-19 ground travel to a halt, Venice was transformed for better and worse. It was quieter and cleaner, but also much poorer. As vacationers begin to return, the mayor of Venice says he wants to push the reset button. He claims to have a plan for a more sustainable kind of tourism. Well, what's interesting to see, Simon, is that uh, how it's changed. You know, just in June, the city was pretty much deserted. Fox's Courtney Walsh, who's based in Rome, paid a visit. Now the mayor of Venice, Luigi Brugnato, said that the hotel occupancy on Venice is almost 100% in early September. And uh, there are lots of Festival is underway too, as you probably know. There's the Architectural Biennale and the 78th edition of the Venice Film Festival. So all the celebrities are returning and with their aura of glamour. And just a few weeks ago, Jennifer Lopez was wearing a jewel-encrusted robe of the designer's uh, Dolce Gabbana and strutted the catwalks of St. Marco's Square. And these events have a huge impact on the local economy. So, I mean, it, it sounds as if there is this you know, all of this glamour and, and the beauty that, that goes hand in hand with, with Venice. But perhaps can you just rewind a year or so in the grip of the worst first throes of COVID? What happened to Venice then? We know Italy as a country was hit really hard really early on. And so what did Venice look like at, at that time? Well, Venice was completely deserted. Uh, they must, I must say that their levels of uh, COVID infection were uh, in the whole Venetian uh, area and in the Veneto region were relatively low compared to the rest of Italy, especially uh, compared to neighboring Milan. But it was completely empty. And the, the, the population of Venice has decreased uh, drastically. It's only one third of what it was 50 years ago. So, um, but a lot of people I spoke to said that it was empty. Yes, the economy was you know, completely devastated, but the residents had their little island to themselves again. And so that was the upside of that. Just recently, um, things have lightened up in terms of travel. And a lot of European travelers have returned, but the American and the Asians and um, the Russians have not returned. So at the moment, uh, Italy, I mean, um, Italy in general is coming back from this very difficult time, but Venice in particular, because their economy is really based on tourism. And uh, that's been a huge, um, you know, this has been a huge crippling blow. But as people I spoke to there say that, you know, in Venice's long history, 1,600 years, there've been other plagues, there've been other fires, there've been other moments of total devastation and the city always manages to come back and everyone's convinced that it will this time too. 
And you mentioned that amazing number of how Venice's population, not through the pandemic, but but for decades before that, has just fallen off a cliff and the numbers have, have gone down so much. Can you just talk a bit more about that and and the impact of tourism on this very unusual city? Well, what's happening is that um, a lot of the people, actually, if you take the whole region, the uh, of Venice, including its um, uh, Mestre, which is the part of the mainland, the population hasn't altered too much. But what's happening is there's been a shift from the island of Venice onto the mainland of Mestre. Uh, Mestre is a sort of an industrial port. It used to have like a chemical companies and so forth. And they've been transforming that. And a lot of young couples who are just basically forced off the island because um, the only jobs are in tourism and the only housing is, you know, are uh, Airbnbs or houses that are apartments that are rented out to tourists. So the prices have gone way up. And it used to be in Venice that there used to be two types of prices. There was one for the locals, which was much less, and then one for the tourists. But they banned that now. So even like a young Venetian who wants to go out for a meal will be paying the prices that a tourist would be paying. Uh, and many people just can't afford it. So they go off land and they either commute in to work in the tourist industries or they find other work and move on. Uh, but there are efforts to change that. And I actually had a chance to see some housing that they've built in Murano, which is where they make the glass and uh, glass factories. And they are making houses that are affordable for young people and transforming old buildings to make it to houses that for res- for Venetians. Because the mayor and everybody realizes that this exodus is a huge problem. So over the, the decades, particularly around the lagoon it, itself, the number of Venetians, the number of people who live there, who for whom that is home, because of mass tourism, that number has just gone down and down and down. Yes. Well, it's not only, yes, it's because of mass tourism, but it's also just the, the complications of living in a city on water. You know, there is a lot of uh, many days when there's aqua alta, which is the high waters. So, you know, you, the, you can't really walk. You have to walk on boards around the city because the, the tides are high. Um, and it's, it's a complicated city to live in. Of course, there are no cars um, to get to the hospital. It's, it's wonderful. I, I was staying near the hospital and you can see these little boats that go by to pick up people in different parts of the island and take them there. But it's, it's not an easy place. It's hard for older people. You know, they're very, there are no elevators. It's, a, it's not an easy place to get around. So I think, um, yes, it's been uh, an exodus, but they are trying to reverse that by getting people to come back. And the mayor's idea is also that tourists who come now should not be there just for a night, for just for a selfie at St. Marco's, not just day trippers, but they should come back and spend time and try to uh, live like a Venetian. You've been listening to Fox's Courtney Walsh. We'll be right back. So can you just take us back to, say, 2019, summer 2019? What would a day in Venice, what would the city have looked like at that point? Well, it was um, the the numbers were just astronomical, you know, over 100,000 people uh, per day on the island. Uh, They um, these huge floating hotels or cruise ships would be coming down the canal. And these these ships, which I saw with my own eyes, are like dwarf. They're like 15 story buildings (laughs) that pass by the Campanile and the St. Marcus Square and making everything look minute. They were huge and they would go to the ports nearby. And the people on board would flood in, usually with people, you know, with tour guides with their 
uh, umbrellas and or numbers and stuff like that. And but they were spending very little money. They were sp- they were spending maybe 15, 20 euros a day uh, because on little d- things there. And then they would go back to the boat. They would stay on the boat. They would eat on the boat. So it wasn't really helping the local economy. Uh, the, the little streets around um, the Kaye, they're called there's around St. Mar- Marco Square and different areas are constantly, constantly packed. However, if you're a local, there are also other ways so, um, of getting around the city and people know the back routes and so forth. So uh, the, it's an it's a issue, but um, they're making efforts to sort of front these issues and aiming for a more sustainable type of tourism. So there was this moment where the pandemic started, the virus arrived in Italy, and suddenly this massive tourism industry is basically just shut off almost overnight. Exactly. And I mean, it was a billion dollar industry that, you know, stood on its feet and, and, and um, the government has had to um, uh, give out money to these people. So, for example, uh, 5,000 people were working in the uh, hotel, uh, the, the cruise ship industry. They're the ones who got the, the bags, uh, locals who are working in this. So that's 5,000 people right there. And they, uh, they're, uh, they had to be supplemented by some kind of emergency unemployment funds and still are, by the way, because the boats are now not in Venice proper, but in, at the port of Margheta. So it's been a huge hit for the economy. And um, so after this period, though, they're trying to figure out how to get Venice to a point where people can visit, but make it sustainable and not something where it's so overrun. And so everyone believes that now it really is time for a reset. Uh, But the mayor's plans has also created some criticism. What are people saying? What's the complaints? Well, uh, Mayor uh, Brugnato, he explained that since Venice is so small and fragile, the numbers have to be controlled. And if there's not enough room, the people just will not be able to come onto the island. So by next summer, uh, he plans to install like these airport like turnstiles at every major entry point on the island. Wow. So only tourists who reserve ahead of time with a special app or QR code will be able to pass the turnstiles. So the locals, of course, and the students would be uh, exempt, as well as visitors who book hotels. But any kind of day trippers will have to pay for it from like three to 10 euros, uh, depending on when it is. And the mayor is saying that this money is not a tax. He calls it a, a contribution for access. And the point is not to make money, but to cover the expenses of implementing all the security. And uh, he expects this to be about 90 days a year. And he set up this incredible, it's called the smart control room uh, on the Tronchetto Island. And basically, this was inaugurated a year ago, and it tracks everything, uh, uh, everyone coming into the island. It tracks them through their cell phones so they can uh, they know the number, they know the nationality of visitors. They can also, using artif- artificial intelligence, figure out where they're going to go. Um, it also figures out the weather, the tide, any kind of medical and security emergencies. And um, there's another room which is full of C- CTV uh, screens. So it's amazing control of the city. I mean, it sounds like extraordinary levels of, of control to have a team of people sat in a room watching screens and tracking where everybody's going. Well, yes, in fact, um, but they assi- the people there insist that it's all anonymous. They don't know the names of the people. They just know where they're from and their nationalities. But you know, the, the, a lot of people I've talked to, like the shop owners and the restaurant managers, really fear that this will dissuade visitors and hurt business. You know, they admit all everyone admits that overcrowding is a huge problem, but they want you know other solutions less drastic than uh, gates. 
How, how would you describe the relationship between Venetians and tourists? Because, you know, it, it sounds like from the way you describe what Venice had become that, that, that a lot of people might have found it just too much. It was just too full on, the sheer enormous numbers. But at the same time, when the tourists stopped, the economy came into a real crisis. So how would you characterize that relationship between the people who live there and all of the rest of us who come to visit on vacation? Well, I would say mostly it's one of love. I mean, even the people who complain about too much, you know, the, the Venetians are very proud. I mean, there, there are not many Venetians left. You know, there are 40 to 50,000 residents now, but all of them are extremely proud of their country. And they're very, you know, they can't, they, they, they love having people. They especially love Americans. I keep, everyone kept saying to me, oh, you know, when are the Americans coming back? We love Americans. They want people, however, to come and stay longer. They don't want them to just come in, take a picture and then leave. And um, so I, I think there is sort of this love, but also a bit of hate because they're just, um, you know, there was recently a case when some young man who's actually Australian uh, jumped off the canal and is, you know, in his, uh, like underwear at, at night and everyone was talking about this. Like they were so scandalized that he would do something like this. And it was sort of like degrading to the city. So there is a sort of a pride. I say there's a love of tourism, but there is also the sort of, um, you know, dark side. And they, everyone agrees that they want it controlled. But the question is, do we want airport like turnstiles? Do we want QR codes? How are we going to control it? And so that's the struggle to find out how to do it. But the fact is that, that people do think that, you know, it is time for a reset. And they saw how bad things got without tourists and they definitely want them back. It sounds almost like Venice is a kind of real focal point for the debate around the world about mass tourism, about over tourism. Is that is that a fair assessment? Indeed. In fact, uh, the mayor keeps saying we are going to be the laboratory of how one deals not only with mass tourism, but also with um, you know, with water issues. They believe that they want to create sort of a lab, get the best minds in all the world to come there and to study, to study his smart control room and how it works and how um, uh, at the university levels, the different conferences on how to encourage people to stay longer and also how to make it a, a city which will survive for centuries to come. And um, I do think it is sort of like a, uh, a laboratory for the world to, to examine, but it's also a beautiful place. It sounds from what we've been talking about, the mass tourism and the boats and so forth, but it's actually better than ever. And there's a sign in a balcony near uh, St. Marco's, which reads, Venice a viva, Venice is alive. And in my eyes, it's really true. It's emerging from these really two years of crisis, um, stronger and more beautiful than ever. You used this phrase earlier. You, you quoted an, an, an official saying they want visitors to to live more like a, a Venetian. What does that What does that mean? Well, that means you know taking time to walk along the streets, to uh, go to the different incredible palazzi or the palaces and their their exhibits. Uh, taking time to take the ferries to the different islands of Murano where they make glass, or the Giudecca in front, or at the Arsenale, where they have art exhibits, uh, to to savor living on on this incredible island, and instead of rushing just to one particular place to take a picture, uh, the best part of Venice is actually on the back streets. You find the nicest uh, places to have a glass of wine or 
the most wonderful seafood. And um, it's to, to live slower and to appreciate, meet friends, chat in the parks, um, and just live slower. Well, Courtney, just back from Venice. Thanks very much. Okay, thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.